Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Frequency podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and this podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wealth, quantum physics, and spirituality. I help bring you practical tools to be able to understand and utilize the subtle energy realms to work for you to create the most abundant life. I have been everything from a single mom living off food stamps, being a makeup artist and feeling so lost, to building a six-figure business, attracting the love of my life, traveling the world and feeling incredibly aligned with my purpose here on earth. With my background in healing and being on the road to getting my PhD in integrative medicine myself, along with many other incredible guests are going to share with you how to actually change your habits and shift your frequency so you can begin to live the life that you know you were meant to. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Let's do this. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Be The Frequency podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and I uh, just got back a few days ago from my wedding, and I figured I would do a podcast to really share with you guys, um, not just about weddings in particular, but I think most of my clients come to me with either feelings of, of issues around money, right? Whether it be their job, what they feel purposeful in, um, things that really give them a sense of purpose in life. Um, often we equate that with money, but that's not necessarily the case. Or they come to me with health issues. Um, so this can be a lot of chronic things. I, I have a tendency to, um, well, I just think in general, our society has a lot of issues with chronic issues, chronic illnesses, chronic um, pain, those types of things. So I usually get those two. And the third one I usually get is relationships. So. Um, a few weeks ago, I was finishing up um, a class in uh, I teach yoga teacher training um, where I live, and we were finishing up one of our sessions. And in the session, we kind of got to, to talking about some some personal things, but really things that we were talking about that kind of give you energy, and um, how some of those things basically trickled into asking me how I had attracted my partner at that point I was engaged um, we were we did a reversal which I, it's kind of why I wanted to, to do this podcast we basically did everything backwards um, we did our honeymoon before our wedding and all of these things and the the person asked me um, how I attracted and how after being single for seven years, I, I had dated people and um, short-term type things, but nothing serious for a long period of time. Um, actually, it was probably, let's see, yeah, about seven years. Um, how I had attracted this partner. Matt is wonderful, um, not just to me, but to everybody, which is one of the things that I really loved and love about him is is he really embodies all of the things that I wanted in a partner. And I talked a lot about how I had to become a vibrational match for that kind of partnership where I wasn't the choosing my partnership out of my trauma. I wasn't choosing my, my partnership out of coping mechanisms and, and they really completed those things. So I very, very much, um, I always joke that I manifested him into my life, which is 100% true for me. 
Um, and he kind of, the same thing, he won't, he doesn't use that verbiage, um, but um, I, Matt and I met <clears throat> four years ago, we actually met online, but before I had met him, I had dated all sorts of, all sorts of people, and it kind of got to the point where, um, and this part was even in our vows, um, dating was interviewing. It was not dating, like you would think, like, oh, I really like him, I'm gonna go out with him. I was like, I have enough interest and we have enough in common that I'm interested in getting to know this person a little bit more, but it's gonna be an interview. I haven't hired them for the job yet. Like, I was not invested in that way, and I recognized that that was really important, that energetically to allow people into some of your more vulnerable spaces and to really give of your energy to other people that are not the same energetically and emotionally invested in you was something that I was doing a lot. And in fact, I see a lot of people do, they really kind of put all their eggs in this basket. This person's interested in me, they're texting me back, they're saying good morning. And so that for them seals the deal. And that person is not equally invested. And that's where a lot of this, this I think, uh, attachment to, you know, that they fulfill some of your, your, um, your wounding, right? They, they verify and validate ways in which you operate out of your more, your trauma, your wounds, your, all of those things. Now, when I started dating Matt, it was very much a, you know, we, one of the first conversations we had, and this part was in our vows, because I think a lot of people would be scared of being this open and this honest and this communicative. And this is where I actually think we have a lot of our issues is we think that if things go on a little bit longer, if I get to know them a little bit better or, um, you know, so things will change or um, stuff like that. So one of the first conversations that we had was uh, we were not, we went for a walk and we are not 25 yards in. And he says, um, I need to be very upfront and honest. because I feel like this is a very important part of life um, is children. And I have no desire to have children. I understand that you have children and that's fine, but I really have no desire to have any of my own. Now, at that point, I think I was, I either just turned 30 or was going to turn 30, something like that. And, oh no, I must, yeah, I was 30. And I said, great, that works for me because my uterus is no longer open for business. <laughs> um, but what I really appreciated and I was really taken aback and really loved was that he was not trying to miscommunicate or misconstrue where he was in life and his expectations of a relationship from interview again like this is just we're deciding if we like each other enough enough to actually go on a date and I was very kind of upfront about those things um I was like wow for something that is so powerful that is a point of contention for a lot of couples children right? And this kind of future planning. And to be so clear and upfront and so honest is one of those things that people shy away from because they're scared it makes them vulnerable and they're scared it'll push you away. It, you feel scared that you feel exposed, 
right? Energetically, you're like, oh, it kind of feels like you're standing there naked. Like, oh, what if they say that they really want children? Well, then that means that, that either that person isn't for you or you really need to look at, is this something that's hard and true for me? Or has this just been hard and true for me in the past? Because we do grow and change. We all change. You know, we think that, you know, people are like hardwired. It's 100% not true. You're constantly changing. If you, even if you think you don't, you're wrong. The end. Um, and I'm not going to fight you on it. There's all this like science behind the brain is truly malleable and your energetic or um, your um, neural pathways that are created can be destroyed and be recreated up until the time that you die. So your brain, your beliefs, your wiring in a sense can change. So for him to say that to me in a space of, I recognize that I had been kind of in that place for a long time that I really wasn't looking for people who wanted to have more children. I was good. I had a boy and a girl. Um, I had, I have never shared custody of my children. So I've been both parents always. And I recognize like I have, I have changed enough diapers in my lifetime. And that conversation really solidified for me again, 25 feet. And then I was like, I, I want more time with this person because one of the things that was really important to me. So uh, when I had explained that the, the person asked me, um, you know, <coughs> how I attracted this wonderful man into my life. Um, one of the things that I did was a lot of people are, are very specific when they write down like, oh, write down what you want in a partner and people will be like, oh, I really want them to be taller than me. Well, I am 5'10", you guys. I'm a tall woman. And of course I want them to be taller than me. I want to be able to wear the heels. But part of what I wanted in the person, my partner being taller than me is I actually wanted the feeling of feeling safe and protected. I wanted to feel... Um, nurtured and, and safe and protected by my partner. Now, that's what I equate being tall, quote unquote, with. So it wasn't that, and this is where I think people get a lot of this, a lot of like manifestation and, and being a magnet and being the frequency for what you want, is that it's not that you, you know, can't write all those things down, but understand the feeling behind it. So again, um, if they have a stable job, what are you actually looking for? If you're wanting them to have a job or if you're wanting them to also be an entrepreneur because you're an entrepreneur or you're wanting them to have kids because whatever, why is that? What is the feeling behind why you want those things? Because it's not the thing, it's the feeling. And this is what, when you're really working on becoming this frequency and this magnet for what you want to attract, you have to focus on the feeling and the, 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 um, the energy behind it. So safety, protection, things like that. That's what I wanted from somebody that was tall or, you know, whatever my, my list was. So I really was very specific about the type of feeling that I wanted to have with them and the kind of experience I wanted to provide for myself. And good communication and honesty was one of the top things. Now I wanted honesty because I wanted to feel that I could also be honest. I wanted to feel that the depth of connection and the depth of transparency was deeper than anything I had ever experienced. I had always felt like I needed to hide certain parts of myself or dim a certain part of myself. I've been told many times that I was too good for them. 
well, geez, if I would have listened, I would have saved myself a lot of time, but I, I needed to learn the lesson that when somebody says you're too good for me, what they're saying is they're not willing to come to your level and they're hoping that you'll come down to theirs. You're too good for me. I'm hoping you either recognize that and leave so that I don't have to quote unquote break up with you. I don't have to do those hard things or you come down to my level and please don't expect me to rise because I don't plan on it. They're being honest and they're saying these things, but when we interpret it, them is we're like, no, I'm not too good for you. Like we think you're great, right? The, the other person, they think you're great. So I love that he was very honest right up front and was great at communicating. I recognize that that's something, I always thought I was a bad communicator and I recognize I'm not a bad communicator. I'm actually a great communicator. I'm very upfront and very direct. Um, I can speak easily into my feelings, but when I had done those things with partners, I had not been met with the same kind of honesty, the same kind of, and just in people in general, not just uh, romantic relationships, but other people. But I had not been met with that same level of honesty, transparency, and like truly deep conversation. And so then there, because they feel uncomfortable ha having true communication and, and really talk, saying what they mean and meaning what they say, because they struggle with that the honesty that I provided and that I showed them to, was very triggering. So then their defense mechanisms, their coping mechanisms would come in and push people away or um, be defensive, different things like that. So I, because I was not aware how to protect my energy, took that as it was something about me. Maybe I'm like too direct. I like should let them take the lead a little more. I shouldn't be so these things, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I recognize, no, I need a partner who is equally, equally as good at communicating to the depths that I am. People can only meet you. I'm going to say this and I want you to write this down, write this down. People can only meet you as far and as deep as they have met themselves. Well, when you wade and are picking from shallow waters, <laughs> who do not want to see the depths of themselves and have not made any of that effort, you are never going to, they're never going to be able to meet you at that depth. They have to choose that. And you can't make them and you can't talk them into it and you can't bring them to any fucking ceremony that all of a sudden they're going to have this revelation. If they don't, if they're dragged there and feel obligated to be there because they're like, it's something you like, sure. Eh, it's not really for me. Here's the difference. Matt does not want to go to yoga. Yoga is not his thing, but he recognizes he feels good after it. Now, I don't force him to come to class. I don't, I accept that that is not for Matt. Matt doesn't want to do that. Now, do I want him to take care of himself? Yes. But I can't dictate the way that that is. And so I don't make it about me that he doesn't want to go to yoga. And you know what? I just kind of let sleeping dogs lie like, I go to yoga, I do my thing, I work out, all of these things. You know, he went to yoga by himself a few weeks ago. And that's the thing is you can't push people to meet themselves where they're not ready to meet themselves. He had done a lot of um, kind of personal development and things like that. I, I think at the time he wouldn't have called it that, but now as an adult recognizing being a little bit more introspective as to how you work and how you operate is personal development. Um, he did a lot of that during college. 
So he was already kind of prepared to meet me on deeper levels because he had met himself there. So you cannot, you cannot expect people to meet you at your depth when they have never been there. They don't know how. It feels often like very threatening or frightening or alarming to them. So this conversation where right away it was, this is something that I recognize is important to people, especially people of our age. This is something that is a non-negotiable. I want to be upfront about it. I don't want to string you along. I'm already being mindful of your feelings. I was like, well, hot damn. If that isn't a turn on, I don't know what is. (laughs) So that's deep communication has always been kind of a a cornerstone for us. We communicate a lot. Um, We tell each other often how we're feeling. Even if I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm feeling right now, but I recognize I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm not exactly sure why. I just need a minute that because of the emotional maturity and the depths that we have both met each other, that conversation doesn't, he doesn't go, Oh, she's going to go stew over it. I know she's pissed at me, but he doesn't make it about him. And when he's just like, it's morning, I am not a morning person. Like, give me a minute. I don't make it about me that he needs a minute to like get himself together or he needs a minute to respond or to some of these questions that I have or, or anything like that. So because both of us have done this work that allows us to really see a little bit more into the depths of who we are, it really allowed for our, our relationship to start even before it was a relationship off to in such a way that was honoring one another where we are at and where we are wanting to go, which I thought was really, really a very cool thing because it was the first time in my life that I had ever really experienced it. And I had, I had dated a lot, you guys, I had dated lots of people, you know, and I was really, really surprised um, that when I got really specific as to what I wanted. And then here's the other thing um, is that before um, pre writing down all of these things. So before, when I kind of started all this being very, very specific around what I wanted in a partner it was about two years before I met Matt. And I would go out on dates and most of the time prior to this, this moment of my life where I got really specific, um, if it didn't work out, I would just kind of ghost them. <laughs> I would just not return their phone calls or text messages or just kind of like, you know, one word type things because it was easier than having the difficult conversation because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. And I recognize that that is, that is also unfair. That is also messing with people's emotions and feelings to not be clear. Um, um, I can't remember where I heard this, uh, but, but I, I love the saying clear is kind. When you're fucking muddling in the middle and like, placating what you mean instead of just saying what you mean you're really doing a disservice to the conversation to the person and not really honoring that they're not emotionally mature or or responsible for their own emotions so I became those two years if I didn't really want to spend any more time with them I would say I really enjoyed you as a person and if you're looking for another friend which I recognize a lot of people that are on dating apps are not if you're looking for another friend, I'd love to be that friend because I like you in this capacity, but I just don't feel romantically attracted to you in that way. 
Several people were like, yeah, I'm good on friends, which is fine. Again, it's not, if you make it about you and you kind of create that into drama, that, that actually has nothing to do with you. They're recognizing they don't want a friend. They were pursuing you because they wanted something more. And so being clear and being honest allowed me to continue to practice these skills of sharing something that was really uncomfortable and being okay with having the backlash that people didn't have to agree. People didn't have to like what you had to say. People didn't have to, they can want it, want something different than what you wanted and that it is still okay. So I had been practicing that as well. So I was prepared if people, if things didn't go well, that I could have some of these hard conversations. I could eat the frog. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying, but it's like you kind of do the hard things first, right? You have the hard conversations because they, as a healer, I recognize when you don't have the hard conversations, they energetically eat you up, they eat you up. So I was having the hard conversations. So then at that point, you know, Matt and I dated for long periods of time. And I will say I never, growing up a lot of people have kind of planned or envisioned what marriage will be like or getting married or their wedding or different things like that experiences they want to have with their families um what's interesting is i grew up in a home where my mom married my stepdad i was i think in first grade um first grade wait no second grade second grade and um they did not have a good relationship i was never modeled a healthy relationship and when I began this list of qualities I wanted in people, I was determined I'm a fourth generation single parent. Um, so if you can imagine, like not my grandma, but my great grandma was also a single parent. Now, when you think about the times, right, that is almost unheard of. And in fact, a lot of times if you were pregnant during that time, you went away for something you know, it, and then they, you return like nine months later and you look tired and something was off and people were like, well, what's wrong? I have no idea that you just went away to have a baby, right? That was very much the time period. And so being a fourth generation single parent, I was okay with that. I was okay that if I never met anybody that was to the standard, I was okay with being a single parent. I was also okay if somebody came along, they would need these qualities. And I also recognized that I, I will be the cycle breaker. I will be the person that chooses a partner that is loving, that is kind, that, again, we have a very deep connection and they love my children. Um, I never felt that from my stepdad. I never felt like he loved me. I never felt any of those things, which was fine with me because I think I've shared this in a, another episode. He very much gave me the creeps always. Um, I remember from like childhood, every time I was around him, like when I say it feel, felt like an energetic wall would like come up, kind of like when you draw a draw, draw bridge, right? That's what it would feel like every time I was around him. I did not want him in my energy. And I recognize that as an adult now, as a child, I, I, the only way I would describe it is kind of he gave, gave me the creeps, the heebie-jeebies. Like I just didn't like him. I couldn't tell you why. Um, you know, I, there was nothing specific I can think of um, other than just, he was just weird. Um, so I didn't have a good, um, a good relationship modeled for me. And I was determined that if I was going to pick a partner, it was somebody who was going to break the cycle of not just being a single parent, but actually being in a loving relationship. Um, and 
I mean, literally, I might, I might start crying here. Um, almost right away, Matt was that person. Um, one of my favorite memories is I, I really, I love all the festivities of Christmas. I love how the house gets decorated and it feels full and warm. Um, I love kind of all the snowy, nature -y things. I love the hot cocoa. Like, I love all of those feels. And so I had lots of decorations on the inside. Mind you, he was a single bachelor, so he had no Christmas decorations, I don't think. <laughs> I don't remember any if he had any. If they were, they were like really small. Probably like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree or something. <laughs> Anyways, um, he... He was like, wow, you've got a lot of things. He's like, but you don't have any Christmas lights outside. And I was like, oh, it's such, you know, especially with my kids were small at the time, um, seven and nine. Wait, no. Yeah, seven and nine. So up until that point, like they, I mean, we're still little, like it'd be me out there on a ladder, like trying to, I was like, it's so much work on the outside and it's just, I love it, but it's, it's something that I want, but it's not a big deal. And I came home. This was the first Christmas that we were together, it was really early on. We had just been together a couple of months and he had hung Christmas lights for me. And that was one of the moments that I realized like that is the kind of love that I want. Um, when I was really specific on the feeling is I wanted people, I wanted somebody that, that loved me enough to see my small vulnerabilities and see that there were things that I wouldn't do for myself that I would really love and that they would see those things, that they would um, take the time to do the small things. And I mean, to this day, he still does those things. We got back from, um, getting married and like two days later he had typed out a little note of like even though this like momentous occasion is over like my favorite days are just our normal days our normal days of just loving each other and just how much he loved me and i was like see <laughs> when you get really specific you can attract exactly what you want but you also have to be willing to say no to the things that are not those things so you know because i was never somebody that really had these kind of grandiose things of what i envisioned um and because it had never been modeled for me i really never thought about what i really wanted my wedding to look like i recognized what i liked was i wanted feelings of warmth when I think about weddings, I often don't think about uh, kind of the traditional what we see nowadays in like a um, like a banquet hall or a church, like where everybody has to go to church. I actually very much think of when I think of union, um, I actually think of a lot of more like indigenous um, um, like rituals. I think of being outside. I think of it feeling blessed with people. I think of people giving you their blessing on, on your wedding day. And uh, I feel like sometimes in, in banquet halls and in, you know, hotels and things like that, some of that to me, um, some of that feeling of connection feels like it gets lost. It feels like it, it got 
it gets muddled with all the responsibilities and expectations and all of that bullshit. And uh, uh, both he and I very much did not want any of that. We wanted something, we wanted to get married outside. Um, we wanted, I, I wanted all of our like one-on-one -on -one photos to be like in nature. Um, floral was really important to me being surrounded by some beautiful um, pieces of nature that really, I think, um, when you when you're searching for meaning in your life and when you're searching for things to be grateful for all you have to do is look outside look outside like nature provides this sense of awe and beauty every single day and so that was really important to me to have like floral and i was like i want i want to just hang out i wanted to we kind of joked um i was like i want like a fancy house party you know i want like a house party with fancy clothes you know but really like when i you know when you think about what the times that you feel the deepest connections to friends and family it's it's not at an assigned table at a wedding where you're talking to strangers or getting up in a buffet line or you know any of those things um so we actually did something completely different we rented a um, like a luxury Airbnb that had specifically set um, part of their their property up to be a ceremony site that overlooked uh, the Lake Tahoe, and so where, where we got married, literally the the to look at us as a couple, you just basically continued looking onto the the lake itself. It was so incredibly beautiful, and. The flowers were beautiful. We were able to have some of our family and friends stay at the home with us because it slept. Um, uh, I can't remember what the exact number is of like what you could sleep there. I want to say it was around 20 people, 20 to 22, something like that. Um, it's called Tahoe Blue Estates if you're interested because um, some people have asked me, where'd you get married? So that that's where I got married. Um, but the we really we wrote our own vows um and we also wrote our own you know when they say um i promise or you know you kind of go through the list like i i you know promise to to you know in sickness and in health and all those things we actually wrote all of our own for each other so we didn't know what each other was going to say so it was we wanted all of the things that felt playful and fun and lighthearted and a lot of who we are. We didn't want to get lost in a lot of societal expectations of what weddings are. Um, so in doing that, a lot of the, what we did in a wedding is a little odd and kind of different, but all, almost all of our guests said that they cried. <laughs> um, not, that was not our intent, but, because it truly was exactly who we are and so much honesty and vulnerability i think you can't help but be moved to extreme emotion when you see people really um burying their soul so that was that was really cool and we also got from a lot of people that it was the best the most fun wedding they have ever been to <laughs> they're like i've been to a lot of weddings <laughs> um so that was also quite a compliment that some of the flow is like, even after the ceremony, what we did is we walked back to um, right back where we got married and we had all of our people who were not family who hadn't already gotten a photo with us. So all of our guests come through basically and line up and take a photo with all of us. So we actually got a photo with all of our guests with the beautiful backdrop 
And that gave us a time to really connect with every single person that was there, um, where we weren't trying to walk around and find people and, and things like that. And then we also had them go in and eat right away. They weren't waiting for us. It also allowed us, after we had taken photos with everybody and we took some one-on-one -on -one photos, we actually sat down and had food together privately in our room to give us that kind of this moment of connection and this little bit of a, a breath. Because when you think about when the couple sits and has dinner, like you're either eating, <laughs> so you're not talking to anybody, or you're not eating because everybody keeps coming up to your table. And so that to me <coughs> felt like a better flow if, you know, after the ceremony, everybody's allowed to eat. I don't need to watch you eat <laughs> to, to feel connected to you. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to go get a cocktail, um, all of those things. So that really worked out in our favor. We just had the most wonderful, wonderful vendors. Um, I could not have envisioned a more beautiful wedding. And again, to think that I had never really thought of what my wedding would look like. These people took kind of what I explained to them and made it a thousand times better than I could have imagined. Um, but I was very specific also around how I wanted to feel. I was very specific around, I wanted warm, earthy colors. I wanted, I wanted people to feel comfortable. I wanted there to be this kind of romantic feeling that it wasn't white roses romantic. It was, you know, like kind of this ethereal, you know, kind of caught in the woods type of thing where you just feel kind of have the, the warm and fuzzies. And um, what, what is interesting, which I did not plan it this way, but uh, the, we had a, a full moon, um, not on our, our wedding day, but it was like 99.8% full on our wedding day. And it turned like just, uh, I think just over, uh, when it went just over midnight, it turned to a technical full moon. But I thought that was really special too, because then you went in the backyard and we had the Capricorn full moon and it was like red, it was beautiful. So that was also another just kind of really cool experience. And that's where I, I want to encourage you that like, don't ever feel like you have to fit into somebody's box because somebody created the box that worked for them and then said, everybody should be in it. This worked for me. And that's not true of just life in general. We're not meant to live in each other's boxes. We are meant to maybe take a framework and kind of make it our own. It's like, you know, taking the blueprint of a house, maybe building the house, but like decorating it to, to your liking on the inside. And, and that's the thing is, you know, in part of my vows, something I said was, um, part of what I, I had said was that, you know, you made me, you changed me. You made me a better person. Um, the, the love in which you've shown me has allowed me to show a deeper love, deeper compassion and, and how unique our love has always felt. We talk about it all the time that, you know, other people's, I, I have no desire to have anyone else's relationship. I'm so content and so happy and a lot of times we confuse love for being the feeling of butterflies and I, I kind of talked about this in my, my vows as well is that 
we confuse it for the excitement of feeling butterflies. But to me and what I've always known love to be and what I see for my clients is love actually feels like this balance of, you know, you think about like butterflies and how excited, oh, that's so cool. Like it's not those moments. It's actually just kind of stepping back and watching the butterflies. It's not grasping at them, trying to hold them. It's, it's not, um, you know, wishing that they would come back, but just really enjoying them as you see them or as you feel them and letting them pass through you without this sense of feeling the need to control or hold on to it. But so in that way, it feels like this ebb and flow of excitement and play and fun and also safety and also security and also unconditional love. It doesn't feel always exciting in that sense. It's not always the butterflies. In fact, when people are like, my relationship's getting stale. And I was like, is it because you always feel like, you know, you are always doing this, you're always doing this, you're always doing this. And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, stop doing those things. You're searching for the high in your relationship all the time. You're not okay. Or you feel discomfort when things have a lull, when it feels slower, when it feels more yin type energy, more, um, Kind of this more calm energy you think that there's something wrong and that's kind of a a, um, a statement a blanket statement of our whole society if it's not exciting if it's not fast if it's not moving we don't like it and what nature teaches us is that everything has a season slow the fuck down and that everything comes to fruition when it's meant to and you can't rush it and the more that you watch it and the more that you you know cross your fingers and hope for it doesn't make it move any faster all you can do is what you can do for that day. And then you kind of got to release that control. And I think that's such an important lesson in, in just loving is that all you can do is be the best version of yourself for you. Show up as the best partner that you know how to be for your partner is to communicate what's going on and what you're feeling and then allow life to be life. Not always feeling like you're needing to change it or because it doesn't feel so exciting anymore. Maybe something's wrong. Typically there's nothing wrong. Um, there is actually a lot of studies out there. Um, and, and one of these, these studies I really loved from, um, it was, they were talking about it in one of my, Bruce Lipton, um, was talking about it in one of my lectures. Um, he's a professor at the university that I go to and he was talking about because 95% of our daily life is lived from our, uh, is really unconscious. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of from this subconscious plane of we don't think about it we're not actually aware that we're doing it it's just like when you walk when you talk you don't think i should formulate a word i should pick up my leg no you just do it and the reason there's this quote-unquote honeymoon phase is because our brains okay kind of trips kind of tricks the system and when you start to date somebody you start using the creative part of your brain that is trying to imagine, that is trying to kind of quote unquote create this future. So you're really using your creative energy to start to manifest and start to kind of figure out how your puzzle pieces work together. And what happens is a lot of times because that is more creative energy, you're very um, conscious and you're very aware of what you're doing, what you're saying, all of these things. Now, what happens is after a while, and this is why usually there's this uh, it's right around the, the two year mark, um, is 
kind of this newness wears off, the excitement wears off. And then you have all of your unconscious and subconscious patterning that kind of comes back in and you start to play out all of the, your true um, conditioning, all of your hardwiring. So this is why a lot of times people are like, well, it was really great for the first year or two and then bleh, and then this happened and then this stopped happening and all of these things. It's because now they've slipped back into the subconscious running the show as opposed to utilizing the creative energy of your conscious thinking brain um, because it wants to save energy. So what it does, it creates all of these patterns that you can then easily replicate and makes it part of your subconscious programming and then you move from there. Now a lot of the subconscious is programmed when you're very young. So unless you're intentionally doing work to reprogram your subconscious, you're constantly <laughs> operating out of there. So that's where this kind of honeymoon phase comes from. Um, and one of the, the things that Matt and I have done, we've been together four years now, is that um, we take time to reconnect always. Um, it may not be every day, um, things like that, especially when it is, we like to go on walks often where we talk. We talk to one another. It's, I think that's why people you know, have this date night is it's this time to connect to one another, but it doesn't always have to be going out. Um, we often like to go on walks without the kids. We'll just take the dog. And sometimes we won't even take the dog where we just kind of talk about what's going on in our lives, what we're feeling, what was going on for the day, our goals, ambitions, and it's a really great time for us to reconnect. Um, so I would encourage you, if you feel like things are stale, it's not that things are stale. A lot of times it's that you've lost your connection because you're, oh, you're just working out of, of subconscious programming. So making it an active discipline to do something to connect. It has to be something that is more of a choice. Um, but I just, I feel so grateful. You guys have been so wonderful. I've gotten so many messages on, on Instagram and so many text messages and just um, so much outpouring of, of love uh, over my, my recent wedding. So I wanted to take this moment to kind of share with you a little bit about it, share with you a little bit of my journey, um, say thank you so much because this day was so incredible. It was more perfect than I could have ever imagined. I felt, um, I felt it was interesting. I felt very anxious. We kind of did a first look for all of the family. So we had all of my family gathered together. That way I wasn't getting stopped um, in hallways and stuff like that when people were coming out of their rooms or, or showing up to the venue. And so we did basically this first look where I saw all of my family and I was probably more nervous for that. And we did a first look. And when I walked out, I actually felt so much comfort and so my heart felt very full. Um, and all day I just, I felt a lot of just ease and joy and it was better than I could have ever anticipated. I, I tried not to put too many expectations. I recognized um, Matt being in the industry, he owns a wedding and event photography company and a wedding a videography and, and photography. And so being in the industry and knowing a lot of ins and outs, it was great because he was able to be incredibly helpful um, in planning a lot and doing a lot of those types of things. But just in general, I, I chose that stress was not, I was not going to be stressed out on my wedding. Like that was a choice. Things that were important to me, I made sure that they happened. If they didn't, they didn't like, and I let go a lot of the expectations and I think because I was very clear on just how I wanted to feel on, on my day, the, the team that we had there was phenomenal. Um, I will, my floral was incredible. Day of planner, um, Brittany at Symphony, Symphony Weddings, like hands down, 
nailed it, killed it, like was, oh gosh, like my savior, her and her assistant, Sarah. And, um, and just like not having to stress, like really feeling all of the questions. And so if I can recommend anybody to anything is get yourself a day of planner. If you do not do any other, if you don't do a wedding planner for the whole thing, seriously, if you want to have, enjoy your wedding, get yourself a day of planner. I promise you hundred percent worth every single penny. Um, we just had, we had a wonderful DJ, wonderful food. Like we just had such a good experience. So um, I'm so grateful to all of you. I am grateful and I hope that you find the kind of love that I have found. I wish this for everybody. I hope everybody gets to experience the kind of love that Matt and I have, have found and shared together because it truly um, is not only the greatest um, sense of joy for me, but also it's been one of the greatest learning and teaching lessons in my life and has taught me some of the greatest blessings and, and brought to me some of the greatest blessings. So I love you all. I love you so much. So, so much. And I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, I'll share more about um, my wedding and all of that uh, a little bit more probably on Instagram here soon. Um, and uh, just, a, just a heads up for those of you who do do the TikTok and love that. I'm doing a whole series right now on uh, chakras, what they show up, um, the chakras when they're balanced, um, lifestyle, yoga postures, all sorts of things. So that's happening all this week as well. If you want to go ahead and follow me on TikTok and kind of stay up on that, because there's a lot of things you can do to heal yourself. In fact, you don't, you can heal yourself. So I want to empower you and kind of give you some awareness and tools around the chakra system. So that way you can really begin to do that kind of work as well. And really start to meet yourself at a deeper, much deeper level. So I love you all so much. Again, thank you for all of your kind words and all the things that you have sent over the past week. I am so incredibly grateful. Cheers, everybody.